a ramp up in cyber espionage, a decline in POS malware attacks, and internet-connected devices used for lateral movements in already compromised networks are leading cyber trends predicted for 2017, according to Booz Allen's Cyber Threat Intelligence Service, Cyber Foresight. Brad Maderi, leader of Cyber Foresight, says while some of these trends will emerge more gradually, some will become evident much more readily, especially once a new administration takes power in the U.S. in January. Today, Brad joins me to discuss some of the trends Booz Allen has identified and what they mean for various industries in various markets throughout the world. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. So, Brad, as I mentioned in the introduction, some of these trends will become more immediately obvious, or at least are expected to become more immediately obvious than others, such as a ramp up in cyber espionage attacks waged against the U.S. Obviously, the geopolitical climate has a big impact on cyber attacks and cyber espionage. But tell us about some of the predictions your team has identified as they relate to cyber espionage attacks against the U.S. in particular. We're in a really a transitional state right now, Tracy. I mean, we're shifting from the Obama to the new Trump administration. And you know, I think the new administration's policies around cyber are still being defined. And, and I think that really presents an opportunity for some of the nation states' actors to test us. And from a crown jewel and then from a value perspective, you know, U.S. companies have a wealth of information, whether it's you know, some of our next generation drugs being developed in the pharmaceutical industry or some of the stuff that we're doing around high-tech manufacturing in the automotive industry. All of those are, you know, extremely valuable assets that, you know, nation state and some of the major powers around the globe are, are interested in. And, you know, China is a great example. You know, there's been sort of an unspoken agreement between the Obama administration and China, and we've, we've seen a decline over the past year in some of the Chinese-related activities. You know, however, with, with the new administration, I think there's going to be an opportunity to test. And I think that given the lack of activity you know, over the last uh, six to 12 months, it's been an opportunity for some of these actors to repool and you know, be prepared. And we'll, we'll see potentially a flurry of, of new activity in the first half of uh, 2017. Brad, your team reviews cyber trends globally. Tell us a bit more about how predictions for 2017 were decided upon and the data and country-by-country country analysis that went into coming up with these predictions. You know, we provide commercial threat intelligence information to you know, a variety of sectors to our global clients, you know, ranging from pharmaceutical to financial services, to energy and, and utilities, to automotive and manufacturing. And so that gives us a really great view because we support a global set of customers and clients, and it gives us the ability to look at trends across industry. And you know, one of the things that we, we tend to see is financial services tend to be under some of the most sophisticated attacks, and, and it's a leading indicator of what we're going to see in, in other sectors. And so we have a team dedicated to both geographies as well as industry verticals, and we're able to you know, synthesize and correlate that data to review and, and provide our thoughts around future trends. So what are some of the, the future trends that you see standing out here? One of the predictions that I did not note in the introduction here, Brad, is this notion of physical destruction, a new approach to influence operations in cyberspace. What types of trends do you see in that environment? Probably one of the, the most significant trends that we see over, over the next 12 to 18 months is, you know, moving from, you know, the, the digital world into, into the physical world. And cyber attacks against 
operational technologies, OT, industrial control systems, SCADA systems, we've seen a tremendous rise in the amount of attacks by adversaries over, over the past you know, six to 12 months. In 2016 alone, there were more attacks against uh, OT networks than, than ever before in, in, in history. You know, the, the barrier to entry is, is getting lower. Um, we're seeing, you know, folks that want to inflict harm against power grids, against manufacturing facilities, um, in the past didn't have the capabilities. Today, you know, they're using ransomware as a service. They're using other, you know, traditional attack vectors uh, like phishing campaigns against manufacturing facilities to be able to, you know, inflict damage and, and cause harm to both manufacturing processes and, and potentially potentially facilities. A good example is in the financial services space. Um, we're seeing some of our financial services clients now for the first time being really concerned with the security of their building control systems. Now, it doesn't seem like an, a, tr- a traditional attack vector, but in many cases, the building control systems are have a connection point to an enterprise network. So a sophisticated adversary can penetrate a building control system, which tends to have very little security, and be able to traverse and move laterally into the enterprise where there's a whole lot of assets that they would want to compromise. You know, I, I talk to a lot of pharmaceutical clients, and when talking to them, we're starting to see uh, criminals target manufacturing facilities. Think about cr- criminals want to be able to maximize the return on the investment for their trade crafts. You know, a traditional ransomware attack against an enterprise asset will get them a couple thousand dollars. But think about a ransomware attack against a manufacturing facility where you can actually compromise a controller or um, some sort of HMI device and disrupt operations for a day, a week, a month. The amount of loss to to a company would be significant. And so an adversary that's looking to get the most bang for the buck to maximize the return on investment, we believe are going to target these OT networks because they represent a significant amount of damage and the ability to really get the most profit for their criminal tradecraft. Brad, let's just expand there a bit, and I'll use financial services as an example just because that's the area that I focus on on a more regular basis. But we've heard about these attacks against the power grid or the concerns there for a number of years. This isn't anything new. You mentioned the example of financial services being concerned about their building control systems, which makes sense in theory. But are these attacks or these threats that we've actually seen in the wild, or is this just something that the financial services industry and perhaps other industries are anticipating? This is certainly something, you know, we have seen some targeted cases of attacks against, against these control systems. And, I mean, I think, you know, we're at a point now where, you know, the barrier to entry is just, significantly declined. You know, we're seeing, you know, capture the flat events that have, you know, industrial control system use cases. And we see college students coming in and winning these competitions. And they're exhibiting sophisticated tech craft and trade craft and compromising these systems. You know, so I think that the industry knowledge base around OT networks, industrial control systems is increasing. We see that adversaries realize that they can maximize the return from those particular attacks and a lot more focus and investment on the adversary side is headed in that direction. And the other piece is when you look at the enterprise, uh, traditional enterprise, whether it's financial services or retail or any other industry segment, there's been so many attacks in recent years and there's been a significant investment in terms of you know, increasing the collective posture of the enterprise. 
Uh, we see a tremendous spend over the past few years on new tools and technologies, whether it's perimeter, whether it's host base, whether it's network intrusion. We've seen a significant investment in modernizing security operations centers, you know, incorporating threat intelligence, doing better data fusion, applying data science to do more advanced detection. Um, but that's only on the enterprise side. The operational networks have really, for the most part, been left untouched. And the vendors that provide these capabilities, they've never had to think about security. They've never baked it in. And these assets are out there. Everything is becoming more increasingly connected. And every connection, whether it's to the power grid or building control system, represents a new attack point or attack vector that adversaries are, are ready and able to exploit. That's a nice segue, Brad, into this whole discussion about the Internet of Things, IoT devices. So let's talk a little bit about IoT devices. We know these devices are being used to wage DDoS attacks, but how do you see their use escalating right. and or changing in 2017? You know, similar to the comment that I made around OT devices and networks being not secure, and the same thing with IoT devices. And IoT devices tend to have lightweight footprints. They tend to focus on feature and function, and security has always been an afterthought. And for many of these devices, once you recognize a security vulnerability, it's very difficult to push a patch or to you know, provide the end user, who may not be very sophisticated, with the ability to upgrade them to incorporate better security policies. And so I think that you know, we, we will see more um, IoT devices used for things like denial of service um, attacks. But I also think that we'll see, you know, think, think of your home network. You know, you've got thermostats, you've got refrigerators, you've got washing machines, you've got, you know, light bulbs. Everything now is connected. And I think that they also, that really provides a new forum and a new attack vector for adversaries to enter your network to get information. So, you know, traversing from, you know, a thermostat into your home router where you can compromise you know, uh, information on host laptops. Same thing applies to enterprise. Enterprises now are starting to connect more IoT devices into their environment. And there's not a lot of policies that um, prevent them from connecting to the network or, you know, looking at behavior where, you know, something is moving from, let's say, a medical device into a payment system where that medical device may be compromised. It reaches into a payment system to get patient data and exfiltrates that out of the enterprise. So I think that this whole IoT wave, everything is connected, is just causing a lot more uh, potential disruption and, and opens up a lot more attack vectors for adversaries to you know, exploit the enterprise network. Let's move a little bit into some of the, the payments discussion, Brad. Of course, there have been a number of predictions surrounding the migration of fraud in the payments environment. Booz Allen, in its most recent predictions here has actually identified several trends. I've only called out a handful, such as the cyber espionage trend, which we have already discussed, as well as a decline in POS malware attacks, and then, of course, IoT devices being used for additional types of attacks. What can you tell us about Booz Allen's predictions surrounding POS malware specifically? Why and how do you see it declining? You know, retailers are more prepared. Um, on, on the payment side, you know, we're seeing that the credit card companies now are more prepared um, as well to, you know, provide uh, secure authorization of a payment. You know, we're seeing more and more measures and precautions put in place. It doesn't mean that, you know, I think small mom and pops and mid-tier companies that haven't had the investment are, are still vulnerable, but the Fortune 50 
retailers are, are much more prepared and ready. Brad, as we see a migration from the physical point of sale to e-commerce, you know, online transactions, I assume this will be a global trend, right? This isn't just a trend that you're seeing affecting U.S.-based retailers. It will certainly be a, a global trend. In the virtual world, cyber criminals don't care you know, where you live, your IP address, and certainly, you know, will go where, you know, the most vulnerable points are. And then finally, Brad, before we close, are there any other trends that Booz Allen sees on the horizon that we have not yet elaborated? You know, we, we, we spent some time talking about um, the OT space, but, you know, I, I, th- I think that, you know, just really in terms of, you know, more attacks on the power grid, on manufacturing, I think that, you know, 2017 is just going to be a lot more focused on physical impacts of cybersecurity. And I, I think the other leading indicator, you know, in terms of we look at threat intelligence and we look at, at trends by, by threat actors, but I think another good indicator of, of trends is where some of the venture capital money is flowing. And we, we see a lot of companies now moving and focusing towards the OT problem and, you know, more connectivity, more OT endpoints, a, a legacy of not facing insecurity, and the ability to, to really monetize and, and maximize investment. I think that sets up OT to be you know, one of the prime targets for 2017. Well, Brad, I'd like to thank you for your time today. I've enjoyed speaking with you. Hey, thank you. It was, uh, it was nice chatting and uh, appreciate your time. Again, we've just heard from Brad Madary of Booz Allen. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.